This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. The title of my sermon, I'm bouncing it off of my message from last Sunday, Resurrection Life Part 2. And, um, and so we're going to talk about the resurrection, resurrected life of, of, of how we should be walking in this life. And, uh, and the subtitle is Resurrected Joy. Resurrected Joy. So my subject this morning is that we're going to be talking about, you know, why is God invading our lives? Well, he's invading our lives because he wants to empower us. Amen. Amen. And he wants to empower us with, with some empowering fruit. Glory to God. And we know one of the fruit of the spirit is joy. Can somebody say joy? And so let's look at Romans 8, 11. This is going to be our main text here. It says, but, in, if, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal body through his spirit who dwells in you. This is powerful because it's that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. It took God, you know, a, a lot of power to raise Jesus from the dead. And think about this, that power that raised Jesus from the dead is residing in each one of us. That, that's something to get excited about. You have resurrection life abiding on the inside of you, glory to God. I love that. And so that resurrection life is supposed to change how we respond to circumstances in this life. Because circumstances will try to make you respond some ways. I'm going to talk about that. I love what it says in 1 John 4, 4. John gets that revelation as well. Paul wrote this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that that same spirit is in us, abiding in us, causing us to overcome. But 1 John 4, 4 says it this way. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. I love this. So, so John is saying here, he's saying that we are God's children. We're sons and daughters of the Most High because of the blood of Jesus. And it says that we have overcome them. Who is them? It's those demonic forces. Hello, am I talking to anybody today? Do you know you're in a spiritual warfare? There is a battle going on all the time. But, you know, it doesn't matter what is going on that's trying to bring us down. The greater one, are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? The greater one is abiding in us. We are overcomers because the greater one is in us. Amen. Amen. That means you can tackle anything. So we have the spirit of God that produces what Peter calls out the divine nature. He says that we are partakers of that divine nature. The same divine nature that Jesus walked in. And so we can walk in that divine nature. Look at your name and say, walk in the divine nature. Amen. That was almost good. <laughs> that was almost good. Amen. <laughs> Look at your other name and say, I'm walking in the divine nature. <laughs> Amen. So I, today I want to talk to you about the power of of joy. You know, I preached a sermon years ago and the acronym joy I use Jesus on you. Joy. I love that. So joy is Jesus on us. J O Y. Somebody also came up with another acronym uh, joy, Jesus, others and you. Jesus, others and you. And when we get it in that order, we're going to have some joy. Most people believe that we're, gonna, we're not really going to experience the joy of the Lord until we get to heaven. When we think about heaven, we think about, oh yeah, that's when I'm going to get joyful. That, that, that's, when all, that's when God's going to give us that joy, you know, inexpressibly full of glory. But I'm going to say this to you this morning. You can walk in that same heavenly joy. I'm speaking to somebody today. You can walk in that same heavenly joy today. Can I get a witness in the house today? Why? Because of what Jesus has done for us. 
See, see, joy is not dependent, and I'm getting a little ahead of my message, it's not dependent on what's going on on the outside. It's not dependent on your circumstances. It's not dependent on the storms of life. No, it's dependent on who's in us and who we serve. It's dependent on the knowledge that we have of what Jesus has done for us. Let's look at this. This is really great. In Isaiah 61, 1 through 4. And this is uh, powerful. (coughs) It says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. We know that Jesus actually quoted this in his first sermon when he came out of the wilderness. um, And he came out with the power of the spirit. And he says here, the spirit. And let me just say this. That 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 we're some of us might be in a wilderness even now, but even though you might be in a wilderness, God is preparing you to come through in the power of the Spirit. Can I get a witness in the house today? And so Jesus came through, and Jesus actually um, ministered this message, his first message. I talk about this a lot, and uh, but he says here, the this we're taking out of Isaiah. The Spirit Lord of God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, to open the prison to prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. So what Jesus is saying is that the anointing of God can set the captives free. The anointing of God can set you free from anything because that same spirit can set us free from anything that seems to be hindering us. Then he says to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. And what that means is the day of vengeance of our God. It's it's not, I believe it's talking about that that, that God uh, came against the devil through Jesus. And, and it's the day of vengeance against the enemy that's trying to come against us. Yeah. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? So it's a day of vengeance, vengeance against the enemy that, that's been trying to destroy our lives. Amen. To comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion. To, now, now, now focus on this, to give them the beauty for ashes. Beauty for ashes. So what, am I, what is it saying? It's saying that no matter what shortfall, what we may be encountering, what the enemy's doing in our lives, God can give us beauty for ashes. He can give us the, it says the next verse, the oil of joy for mourning. Amen. The Bible actually says weeping may endure in the night. You know, weeping endures the night, but what? Joy comes in the morning. Amen. The weeping time is a time that we're in that process of moving from our desert into our promised land. It's the process, you know, the weeping time is the process of, you know, I always like to use this as an example. I work out. And so, and so uh, uh, it's the process of working out and, and, and watching your diet and coming to the point where you look in the mirror and say, there it is. There's, a, there's, a, there's weeping. There's, there, there's struggle in doing the hard stuff. But when you get to that very end, there it is. And I'm going to say this, that we're, we're going through a process. God is growing each one of us up. Do you believe that? And we're becoming, like I always say, we're becoming more Christ-like every day. Amen. 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 And so, and then he says here, it says here, uh, the oil of joy for, for, this, for, this, for, for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. The garment of praise. What do we need to do when, when the enemy's working against us? We need to start praising God. We need to start giving God some glory. We need to start worshiping God anyway. And he says the, the, the garment of praise. You've got to put on that garment. Amen. For the spirit of heaviness. That they may be called trees of righteousness. One translation says oaks of righteousness. 
the planning of the Lord that he may be glorified and they shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall rise up the former desolations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. What is this saying? It's saying that God's going to bring us through a process where we know him, where we find freedom, where we get our purpose in him. And when we get through all this stuff that the enemy's thrown at us, we're going to become people that will be able to change other people's lives. Let's focus on this again in 61.3. It says, To console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness. You're trees of righteousness. Glory to God. The planning of the Lord that he may be glorified. Uh, some of us, I think at times, fight what it says in here, the spirit of heaviness. The devil is the one that comes against our feelings. And the enemy will at times try to make us feel sad or despondent. Or he will get us to, to, to focus on the wrong thing. See, if you're, if you're negative and if you're sad and if you're despondent, you're thinking on the wrong things. Amen. You're thinking on, you're not, you're not keeping your mind stayed on Christ that, that keeps us in perfect peace. Today I want to talk to you and contrast two, two people in the Bible that, I, that, that, are, that are my heroes. One of them is King David and the other is the Apostle Paul. And, and King David and the Apostle Paul had a lot in common. Uh, they both were victorious in what God called them to do. And, but they both had problems. Amen. Can anybody realize, anybody uh, can relate that, that, that King David, he had victories, but he had problems. He was a champion, a giant slayer, but he had King Saul coming after him. He had, he had problems. If you're going to, if you listen, gr- great victories come out of great battles. You could tweet that. Great victories. Whatever battle. See, see, there's not going to be a great victory unless there's a great battle. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you today? And you're coming out on top. I'm declaring it. You're coming out through your storm into sunshine. Glory to God. And so King David had a lot of victories. And he wrote in the Psalms. And a lot of times in the Psalms, uh, it would start off with a problem, but end with a solution. And sometimes that's our life. It, we start off with a problem, but God comes in with a solution. Because I'm going to say this, that God always, I'm talking to somebody today, always has the last say. The devil doesn't always have the last say. God always has the last say. It's not over until God says it's over. You got to believe that. You got to believe. Say, I believe that. I love that. And so I, I, I picked a psalm this morning to talk about David. And, and see, the, what, a lot of times what kills our joy is focusing on the things of the world and what the world is doing. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody. We're focusing on the bad news of the day, what our, what our administration is doing and, and what, what the government's doing and, and maybe the ungodly laws that are being passed. And, and I'm preaching to anybody today. Amen. And that can, that, that can steal our joy. You know, the Bible says we got to be heavily minded. Amen. And not worldly minded. Yeah. It, we, need to be, we, we need to be thinking about heavenly things. Keep our minds stayed on Christ. So here, David what, what understood the dilemma even back then. And, and so because there were corrupt governments back then, uh, Saul became a corrupt king. And there's going to be corrupt people around us all the time. But what do we do? Well, we pray. We pray for our nation, glory to God. We pray for these people, hallelujah. And so in Psalms 37, 1 through 8, I'm just going to hit this quickly before we talk about Paul. It says in Psalms, it says, do not fret because of evildoers. Notice that? 
Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. In other words, their time is limited. Glory to God. Are you hearing what I'm saying, Jay? It's limited. In some cases, only four years. If you, if you can read between the lines. And, <laughs> amen. It's limited time. Amen. And wither, and, and, and wither as the green herb. And then he says here, do not fret of evildoers. Then he says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. God is faithful. No matter what's going on in our lives, he is faithful. And he hears the prayers of the saints. And maybe we're not seeing everything working right, but maybe there's reasons behind that. Maybe we need to seek God a little bit more. Maybe we need to go a little deeper in God. Maybe we need to you know, launch out to get a haul from God. Maybe the, the problem should push us into persevering into the promises of God. Amen. I'm preaching today. So sometimes pain is a good thing if it pushes us to prayer. Delight yourself in the Lord. And I love this. And he shall give you the desires of your heart. Amen. Delight yourself in the Lord. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it past. Notice that when we're under attack or when things aren't looking right, we got to learn to trust God. No matter what it looks like in our lives. We, the devil's working against our trust. And so we got, we got to learn just to trust God. Believe that God is working in the midst of the evil that's around us. And, he, and notice this. Uh, he shall bring it to pass. Trust in the Lord and he shall bring it to pass. What? The plans and the purposes that he has for our lives. He shall bring forth your righteousness as a light and your justice as the noonday. Now he says, trust. Now he says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. So we need to learn to cast our cares on the Lord. We need to learn to rest in the Lord because God has it in hand. Amen. And then he goes again and says, do not fret because of him who prospers in his way. Because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Don't fret because some of these ungodly people are getting some things done in an ungodly way. Don't don't worry about that. It says cease for anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only causes harm. One translation says it causes you to sin. Oh, I'm preaching today. That when we're fretting... When we're worrying, that puts us into a place where we're trusting in ourselves and we're not trusting in the Almighty God. And so and so fretting can cause us to sin. Think about that. So we don't want to worry. Look at your name and say, don't worry. Be happy. Amen. And the Apostle Paul was successful in filling his mission in the Lord. Yet he had lots of problems. Apostle Paul learned to walk in the fruit of joy no matter what was happening in his life. I believe that you can have joy working in your life no matter what you are dealing with. I believe joy is a spiritual force that can cause you to overcome and endure anything in your life. I like what it says in Nehemiah 8.10. It says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. I, I love it. I love that song. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. Anybody remember that one? The world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. So the world's not going to give you that joy. That new iPhone, that, that, that happiness will wear off. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? But joy is eternal. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Joy is an eternal blessing. 
So that new thing, that new thing that we buy may give us temporary happiness, but it will not give us that joy that we're seeking for. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? In Philippians 1, 3 and 6, this is the Apostle Paul. He says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Now, Paul, this is uh, in uh, the Paul was in prison when he wrote this. So this is called the, the, the prison epistle or the prison letter. And so Paul says here, I thank my God in every remembrance of you. See, Paul was making his light shine even though he was locked up. Even though that he was in a place where it didn't look like that he could be effective, he was being more effective in prison than being out there preaching in the churches. Because we are gleaming from his letters today. And many churches are being blessed because he was put in prison. So whatever the enemy is trying to put in your life, God can turn it for a victory. So he says here, I thank my God in every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you with all joy. I love that. For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident in this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I love that. So here, Paul, is, 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 he's in prison, and he's writing this letter, and he's writing a letter, and he's thanking the Philippi church. He said, I'm remembering you, and I'm thanking God for you. And he's, he's thanking God. And then he gives them this word of exhortation. He says that good work that God has begun in the church of Philippi and the good work that he has begun in you, God will complete it no matter what the devil is trying to do to keep you from moving forward. Amen. I think I'm preaching better than your amen. It's amen. Now, your amens are good. Amen. Glory to God. Somebody say amen with enthusiasm. Glory to God. You know what that means? That means so be it. So be it. Amen. So, so we have to have that, that same attitude that, that, that Paul had. Paul was thankful no matter where he found himself at. And thankfulness is the key to walking in the joy of the Lord. When you quit being thankful. Amen. You lose your joy. Paul was in, in prison. He was in Rome. He main, maintained his joy in spite of his circumstances. Paul was operating in to- joy and not just happiness. The difference between happiness and joy, happiness is based on external circumstances. If the weather's good, you are happy. If it's bad, you are unhappy. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Don't allow the outside circumstances to determine your joy. Amen. I'm preaching today. I'm preaching to somebody today. Don't allow, don't say, well, uh, when my house is paid off, that's when I'm going to get joyful. You better start getting joyful before your house is paid off. I'm going I'm to start shouting glory to God when my house is paid off. No, why don't you start shouting glory to God Now, before your house is paid off, and then maybe your house will get paid off. Praise always precedes the promise. I'm preaching to somebody today. Praise always precedes. See, I'm sounding like a Baptist preacher now, using all the P words. Amen. Precedes the promise. Praise precedes the promise. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Amen. Tweet that somebody. Don't, don't allow outside circumstances to determine your joy. Joy is, now listen, I was thinking about joy. Joy is based on hope. Hope is the key ingredient of faith. Man, I'm preaching to somebody today. If, see, if the enemy can attack your hope, what's your hope? Your hope is an earnest expectation of good to come. If the, if the enemy can attack your hope, 
He, ha he has, your, he, he has your, a hole in your faith boat. Because faith cannot operate without hope. Amen? And, and, and faith brings in joy in our lives. Amen? So we've got we to gotta keep the hope alive. We've we got to keep expecting. See, hope is expecting good. See, I'm expecting that this year will be one of my greatest years in the Lord. And how many, I want you to start expecting that, that this year will be, say this, this year will be one of the greatest years of my life in Jesus' name. Forget about last year. Maybe last year was a tough year. Maybe you went through some tough things, but this year is your year. Start expecting God to do the impossible this year. I'm telling you, the impossible. Don't be a negative person. Be a positive person. A positive person is a person that is full of hope. Glory to God. Paul went through a lot in his ministry, but he kept the joy. Again, joy, Jesus on you. You know, Paul went through a lot of stuff. In 2 Corinthians 11, 20-27, he, he talks about, you know, as a minister, he, said, uh, he says, Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool, I am more. In labors, more abundant. In stripes, above measure. Talking about being whipped. In prison, more frequently. In deaths, often. From, from the Jews, five times, I received 40 stripes. So, so, so he, he received uh, uh, whipping. Five times, three times beaten with rods. They would take rods and they would beat the back of your legs with it. Amen. Uh, uh, in the deep, in journey, shipwrecked, uh, in perils. He had people coming against him. He was in sleeplessness. How many people have went through all this in your life? None of you. <laughs> but, you know, he, he, but Paul had a revelation of God's goodness had a revelation of God's mercy. And look at 2 Corinthians 4, 16 and 18. It says, therefore, do not lose heart. See, see, he's saying, even though you're going through some things, don't lose heart. Amen. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Are you here? I want to say, go the distance. Even though your outward man is perishing... Yet your inward man is being renewed day by day. And then he goes on and says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. Our light affliction is working something good out in us. Amen? Why we do not look at the things which are seen... But are things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. What, what is he saying here? <clears throat> He's saying that the trial or the test that we're going through, that, that it's going to bring in something great in us. Because as, as, as pressure comes to us, we, we, we bow down before our Lord and we pray it through and we speak the word and we believe and we have a eternal joy we, because there is an outcome. There is a final destination. What is that final destination? We're going to be in heaven. That final destination is well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter in to the joy of your Lord. I love that. Enter into the joy. You know, he's not just saying that when we get to heaven. He's saying that every day that we walk with him. Every night that you lay your head on your pillow and you've walked with God that day and you did everything to try to please him that day. He is saying every day you can say, Lord, uh, I, I've done everything I know to walk out my life in, in, in purity before you and perfection before you. And, 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 and the Holy Spirit will say to you, well done. Thy good and faithful servant. When we're walking before the Lord and, and, and we're walking upright before him. Amen? Amen. So he says here, for our light affliction is just for a moment. 
is working for us a more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. And I like this. Again, we don't look at the natural things, but we look into the supernatural things. You know, I talked about it last week. See, Jesus was able to endure the cross because the Bible said the joy was set before him. I'm preaching to somebody today. He was able to go through that cross because that joy, because of the joy that was set before him. In other words, he knew that, that he was going to be bringing us into the kingdom. When Jesus was on the cross, we were on his mind. It's powerful. And he knew that he needed to get us into heaven. He knew that he couldn't, he, he wouldn't do heaven without us. And he knew he had to pay the price to, to, to purge us from all sins. To wash us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So that we could have freedom. So that we could reign like kings on this planet. So that we don't, we don't have to have anything that, that's keeping us down. I'm telling you, uh, depression can't keep you down. Despondency can't keep you down. Amen. You're not, you're not going to let that be in your equation, not just for a moment, glory to God. Again, happiness is based on circumstances. Joy is based on the knowledge of Jesus and what he has done for us and what he has already given us. You see, faith is really not us trying to get something from God. It's our positive response to what God has already done. He has already blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly place. Sometimes we're praying, God, bless me, bless me. You are blessed. You're already blessed. You just need to walk in that blessing. You're blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. You just don't realize it yet. Say, I realize it. Somebody say, I'm blessed. It says, you know, start thanking God for the blessings of healing. Start thanking God for the blessings of prosperity. Start thanking God. Start thanking that you already have it because Jesus already paid for it. It is finished. Glory to God. I'm glad I came out today. I'm preaching myself happy. Amen. Glory to God. This joy that I have. <laughs> The world didn't give it to me. <laughs> and the world can't take it away. And I'm not going to let the world take my joy away. I'm not going to let what people say to me take my joy away. I'm not going to let the traffic take... Well, let me back up there. I don't know about that. <laughs> that traffic can get on, on my nerves. Amen. I'm still working through it. <laughs> I sound like Fred Flintstone in traffic. Racka, fracka, racka, racka. <laughs> Anybody ever used to watch the Flintstones? It used to be my favorite cartoon. And it used to be prime time, by the way. But anyway, we'll go. It was an adult cartoon. <laughs> Amen. God will allow us to go through the processes of circumstances so that we can learn how to overcome the circumstances. He will, he, sometimes God will supernaturally intervene in our situations, and he can cause a miracle to happen instantaneous. But other times he will allow us to go through the process. Why? So that we can learn to stand in faith. Amen. How do you know that you have faith? Until you have a faith test. You don't know really you got faith until all hell's breaking loose against you. See, see, see anybody can say, I got great faith. But if, but if they've never been through anything, do they really have any great faith? See, you're, you only have great faith if you've encountered some things and came through some things. You know, I think about Joyce Meyer and we're going to be, you know, visiting her, uh, her next, next week and uh, she's going to be ministering. And, uh, you know, she's written over 100 books, which is amazing. And, she, and, she, and this, it, she's never even graduated from college. I mean, look what God can do. Look what God can do with a housewife, a mother, amen, and that, 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 that was abused as a child and, and all this. God can raise anybody up. 
Amen. And he can put his greatness on anybody. And, and he put his greatness on Joyce Meyer. Glory to God. And, 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 she, and, she, and she has been raised up because of God's grace. And God can raise you up too. No matter what circumstances or situations you've been through. And she's been through a lot. And she wrote 100 books. I'm telling you, because she had a lot of problems. And so she had experience. She said she has to, she said she has to, she said if she doesn't spend at least an hour a day in the word of God, she said the devil would kill her. Wow. The devil's out here to steal, kill, and destroy. And I'm going to encourage you to spend some time with God because the devil wants to try to kill us. And she says she has to put time in the word, time in prayer. Just she'll get up and spend two or three hours in time in prayer. I'm not trying to get you guys like, oh, my Lord Jesus. She's a preacher. But if you can just put 15, 20 minutes a day, it will change your life. If you just put a little focus time in God every day, it will radically change your life and it will cause the devil to get off your back. Glory to God. Deliverance can come by a miracle or a process where we learn to stand to see the salvation of the Lord. Keys in a walking in joy. Let's look at Philippians 4 here. It says, Now that I speak in regard to need, for I've learned to whatever state that I am is to be content. I know how to be a base. I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So Paul is saying here, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I'm going through a trial. It doesn't matter, you know, if, if uh, I'm not eating uh, I'm going through some hunger situations. It doesn't matter uh, whatever challenge that is coming before me. Paul got a revelation that whatever challenge is coming against you, that he could do all things through Christ who strengthens him. And I'm going to say this today. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. I know one minister that ministers a, at a mega church and, uh, and, she, and, and the church was growing really fast and she was in charge of decorating the church. She's never decorated before and, and picking the color of the carpet and all that. And, and, she, and she, would have, she would say to herself, and her, her, her main scripture would be, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And so you may be nervous about walking out the plans and purposes of God, but keep walking because God is working in you and you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, of course, in his will. <laughs> Let me put that in there. That, that was, I was talking to Thomas the other day. He said, well, you can take that scripture and go too far with it. And you can. <laughs> Amen. You, you can do all things within God's will. Some people can take that scripture and say, I can do all things, go to Hollywood and, and, and do my own thing. Uh, you might fall flat on your face. But you can do all things in God's will. In what God's calling you to do. Thank you, Thomas, for that point. Amen. Amen. So we can do all things through Christ who strengthens. What? We can, we can be good parents. Amen. We, we, can, we can be good spouses. Amen. We, we can be great husbands and wives. Glory to God. We can even be good church people. Amen. We can be great church people. I'm preaching today. Amen. Keeping our phones off while the pastor preaches. That's being a good church person. <laughs> Laughing at the pastor's jokes. That's being a good church person. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Even when you don't feel like it, that's being a good church person. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Life is about choices. Can I say that again? Life is about choices. And, you know, uh, some people believe that God makes all the decisions for our life. He's, he's omnipotent. He's sovereign. 
and anything that goes on in our life, the sovereignty of God controls it. No, it doesn't. God gives us free will. God is sovereign to his word. He will tell you what, in his word, God will tell you what will extend your life and what will shorten your life. Is that right? And if you do what extends your life, walk with him, then you may live a long life. If you honor your mother and father, you will live a long life. If you, you know, are you hearing what I'm saying? It's not just the sovereignty of God that's controlling everything in our life. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Because that's no, no fault religion. Oh, I'm preaching today. Because if you, don't, if you don't go to church and you don't show up at church on Sunday morning and the Bible says, do not forsake the assembly of yourself with other believers as the day is drawing near. The day, what day? Jesus is coming back. That we need to be together at least once a week to, to hear the word of God, to commune with one another, glory to God. And you don't come to church and then you say, well, the sovereignty of God is in my life and he's not really prompting me to go. No. You got to choose. You got to choose to serve God. The, the flesh will say stay home, but the spirit will always say go. Are oh, you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? I'm telling you, I, when I was backslidden, uh, when I was backslidden in my walk, I was out of church. I was backslidden. I wasn't close to God. But I got close to God when I drew near to him. Oh, I'm preaching today. And if you draw near to God, God will draw near to you. In Deuteronomy 30, 19 and 20, this, this right here upsets those people that believe that God's in total control and he's running everything. I like what one person said. He said that to one minister. God is in control of control and he's running everything. And the minister was prompted by the Holy Spirit. And he says, if God is controlling everything, why don't you pay your tithes? And he just shut up. He, he didn't say a word. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Why? Because God's not controlling us. Amen. I'm preaching today. And so he, so he says in Deuteronomy, he says, I call heaven and earth as a witness today against you. I'd rather say for you. That I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Notice that, that, that here, it's an Old Testament, but he's saying there's choices that we got to make. We either choose life blessing or choose death, cursing. You, when you get up in the morning, are you blessing your day or are you cursing your day? And I'm going to get up in the morning blessing my day. This is a day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it, not be sad in it. Some of us have alarms on our clocks because we just don't want to wake up. <laughs> Amen. Get up, glory to God. Get up and start praising God and thanking Him for another glorious day. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And so we want, we, he says, choose life. Uh, he says here that you may, and then he says here, that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey His voice, that you may cling to Him, for He is your life and the length of of your days, that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give them. God has already given us the promised land, and all we have to do is walk in it. Glory to God. We need to just start enjoying it. There is a banquet table already prepared. And all we have to do is pull our seat up to the banquet table and receive all the promises that Jesus paid for. And yes, the promises are yes and amen to each one of us. In Philippians, it says here that, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere without offense to the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So when we're making the right choices, 
we'll be free of offending God. And when we're not offending God, we're going to see the joy in our lives. Number one, if if you're having a bad day, stop asking why you're having a bad day. Know that we will have challenging days. Know that we are in a spiritual war. And you've got to stop, stop asking, why God, why is this happening to me? Amen? Hey, understand this, that bad things will happen to good people. Amen. The Bible says the goodness of God, the, 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 the rain will fall on the just And the unjust, the rain can signify two things, blessings or curse. The rain can fall. And I'm telling you, it can fall even at times the enemy will try to put a curse on us. But you're not cursed, you are blessed. I like what Jesus said here. He says, these things I have spoken to you in John 16, 33, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So what what am I saying to you this morning? You have the resurrected life of Jesus abiding in you. And that resurrected life will cause you to overcome everything that's coming against you in this life. You got more than enough power according to the power that works within you. God will do abundantly above more than you can ask or think according to the power. That power is the resurrection power of Jesus Christ abiding in each one of us. Start asking what? Instead of asking why, start asking what? What I mean by this is what purpose can God bring out of what we're dealing with? What is the purpose that God is bringing out of what we are dealing with. In Philippians, uh, uh, Philippians 1, 13, 14, it says, So that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to the rest that my chains are in Christ and most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident in my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. So, so Paul was in chains, uh, uh, and he was saying that the people that were following Paul Uh, Because he was in chains, he was writing these amazing letters. He was encouraging all the churches with his letters. It said that the Paul, that the people, the ministers that he raised up became even more bold because he was in chains. So what the enemy's trying to do, he's trying to get us to cower down. But if we stand and believe that the power of God can raise us up and we start confessing that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, it can't keep us down. What the enemy means for harm, God can turn for good. And you know, this is another scripture. We know all things work together for good to those who love God and called according to His purpose. God is working out good no matter what it looks like. Refocus on what really matters when you're going through the storms of your life. What matters is how we glorify God in our circumstances. You know, I like what, 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 what Jesus said to Peter. He told Peter what death that he was going to experience, that Peter was going to be martyred, and it was going to be, uh, he was going to be martyred for the glory of God. Yeah. Now that sounds pretty tough. Wow. Are you hearing, are you hearing what I'm saying? That, 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 that it's for the glory of God for you to lay down your life. That's the glory of God. That we're not walking our life out for ourselves. That we're picking up our cross. That we're following Jesus every day of our lives. That we're trying to be the best version of ourselves. Glory to God. That we're not, we're not in it just for ourselves. No, no, no. No, it's a bigger picture. It's a greater picture. We're in it for others. We're in it for the kingdom of God. We're in it to win it. Glory to God. And in Philippians it says, Some indeed preach Christ even from envy and strife, and some also from goodwill. The former preached Christ from selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my chains. But the latter out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. What then only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, 
Christ is preached. In this I rejoice, yes, and will rejoice. So Paul got word that there were some people that were jealous of Paul and his ministry and his churches that he raised up. And some people were preaching uh, the gospel out of envy, trying trying to outdo Paul. And some were preaching out of love, out of love for Paul. They may even quoted some of Paul's letters in their preaching. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And Paul said, you know, it doesn't really matter what's going on, what people are trying to do against me. I still counted joy because the gospel is still being preached. I still counted joy that the word of God is being ministered. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? I remember that I heard that, uh, that in the early days, uh, Kenneth Copeland used to preach Kenneth Hagin messages. And they said, they said, there's a guy out there. He's getting big crowds. And he's preaching your messages. And Kenneth Hagin said, good. We need that. We need the message of faith out into all communities. And thank God somebody's preaching it. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Thank God that the, the word of faith is being ministered in a greater way through other people. Glory to God. Amen. In Philippians 121, it says, For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. In other words, you've got to consider yourself dead to this world system and alive to Christ. And I'm going to give you this final word as I close today, because I'm going to say this, it doesn't matter what's coming against you. God, if God be before you, then, then it doesn't matter who's against you. And here, here, here uh, Paul was writing to Timothy and he says, And the Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Uh, I'm closing with this and saying to you to say, If you respond the right way in your trial and your tribulation, you respond that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, you respond that God is with you no matter what you're going through, then you're going to glorify God. If you consider yourself dead to the things of this world and alive to God, you're going to make it. Did you receive it this morning? Let us bow our heads in prayer. Father, I thank you for your mercies and your goodness and your love. And I thank you, Father God, Oh, that you're causing us to rise above all the uh, things that are coming against us. I thank you, Father God, for blessing every person today. I thank you, Father God, that perhaps there's people here in the audience or those listening to me or watching me. And perhaps you've never made the decision to make Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life. Well, today is the day. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. God is knocking on the door of your heart. So if you're ready to receive uh, Christ in your heart, just pray this prayer and mean it in your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I believe he was raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I receive you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.